Welcome to Bobby Osinski's Inner Circle. I'm Bobby Osinski, and this is a show all about music, music production, and the music business. My guest this week is CEO of Austrian Audio, Martin Seidel. First of all, it's good news in the UK because the UK government has provided an emergency package of $2 billion to support the arts and culture sector. Artists have been lobbying for this for quite a while, and most recently there was a joint letter from over 1,500 artists, including Paul McCartney, the Rolling Stones, Ed Sheeran, Liam Gallagher. Plus, there were successful hashtag campaigns, Let the Music Play and Save Our Venues, and all of that seemed to work because the UK passed the biggest investment ever in culture. Now, this includes more than the music industry. In fact, it includes museums and galleries, theaters, indie cinemas, heritage sites, and of course, music venues. We've been trying to do the same thing in the United States, and there are two different entities that are aiming everything at Congress. One is the National Independent Venue Association, or NEVA, and that's an organization that claims 2,000 member venues in all 50 states. They're claiming they might have up to 90% closures if they don't get a helping hand from the federal government. According to NEVA, every $1 spent on a ticket at small venues equals about $12 in economic activity that's generated within local communities. So that adds up to about $10 billion in economic impact. So it seems to make sense if you're going to have 90% of that go away, not a good deal. Now, of course, what ends up happening is when things get better, if some clubs die, there's usually others that will always spring up in their place. However, the infrastructure, the insurance, the zoning, Everything is much more difficult these days when it comes to opening up a club. So no one can be really sure that things are going to be as easy to open up a club as they were in the past. You also have NARIS, the Grammy Association, that are lobbying Congress as well. So all this adds up to lots of pressure on Congress, but Congress has plenty of pressure coming from other places as well. So if you're in the industry, you can only hope that some of this is going to pass and is going to fall our way just the way it's happened in the UK. So good for them, and keep your fingers crossed that it also happens for us as well. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to questions at bobbyoinnercircle.com. You can also sign up for my free vocal mixing techniques mini course at bobbyosinskicourses.com and download free ebooks and PDF downloads on mixing, production, mastering, and social media at bobbyosinski.com forward slash free hyphen resources. Now here's a somewhat sad note. Red Bull. Yeah, the juice that gives you wings. The company has been a big supporter of music and the arts for quite some time now. It's worked to their advantage, commercially, obviously, but it's also worked to the music business advantage. I don't know if you realize, but there was a Red Bull network of studios, 11 studios across the world, in London, New York City, Los Angeles, Berlin, Amsterdam, Paris, Tokyo, Auckland, Cape Town, Sao Paulo, and even a mobile in Italy. Well, the word just came down that they're all closing, unfortunately. And if you didn't already know, Red Bull Academy closed at the end of 2019, 
along with Red Bull Radio. Red Bull went even further to say that it's canceling all of its music events. These are live music events that it holds all over the world. The official word was they're taking a step back from the entertainment industry, and all Red Bull culture activities are also canceled. The only thing that keeps on going is Red Bull Records. I think the thing here to remember is that Red Bull Studios, they were all really nice. These were real places to work. Commercial studios now are more and more difficult to find. The ones that are still around are working and are doing fairly well because there's more of an appetite to work in these types of facilities. But that being said, just like music venues, it's really difficult to open up a new commercial studio, mostly because of the rent. If you can't buy a place, then most likely you're going to sooner or later go upside down on the rent if you're in a big city. And even if you did buy the place, at some point in time, you're going to start to think, well, I can make a lot more money on the real estate or having any other sort of business in here than a recording studio, which can only generate so much money because rates aren't going up. So it's sad to see any commercial studio close down, but especially when there's 11 of them around the world, it's an especially sad note. My guest this week is Martin Seidel, who spearheaded the drive to start Austrian Audio from the ashes of AKG after Harmon decided to close the company three years ago. What might be an unprecedented move, Martin managed to keep the core of AKG together to start the new company and keep it operating for several years before its first products were even released. These new products include new microphones and headphones that are getting rave reviews both for their vintage sound and forward-thinking innovations. During the interview, we talked about the path to releasing new products, developing a new microphone capsule, the ability to pan frequencies with the new feature of the OC818 microphone, selling the company's experience to other companies, the famous AKG anechoic chamber, and much more. I spoke with Martin via Zoom from his office in Vienna. Let's catch everybody up on what brought... Austrian audio into being. A brief story of how that happened. Okay, brief in the nutshell. How did that happen? Um, and who has waited for another headphone and microphone company in this world? <laughs> well, uh, I think nobody really for a new company, but uh, the whole thing uh, came basically into play when uh, uh, Harman decided to close down uh, one of the big players in recording uh, microphones and headphones. Uh, the headquarter of AKG in Vienna. And it was uh, basically closed down uh, in June 2017 with an eight-month period uh, pre-notice. And um, myself, I was 16 years with the Harman Group. Uh, I worked uh, eight years for JBL Professional uh, in California and eight years for AKG, uh, VP Global Sales and, and Market Development. And at that time, I wasn't with Harman anymore. But when I heard that this is going to happen, um, I tried to find, uh, you know, partners, friends, uh, uh, customers who probably would give me kind of a security that it makes sense to uh, not let this team fall apart. Because, I mean, there were 140 people let go, uh, of which many of them in the R&D team uh, had years, decades of 20 and more years experience in how to design 
world-class microphones and world-class headphones. Some of the most sold microphones and headphones were designed by that team. So that was for me really the starting point when I, I, I checked if it was doable to keep the team together. And when I had uh, that confidence that I could make it, I, I presented it to a bunch of 50 uh, people in a, uh, you know, I, I rent the meeting room, uh, offsite meeting room, and I, I invited people to come there and presented my concept. Um, and that's why we are now 43 people here in Vienna, of which 33 are former AKG employees. Uh, with a total of more than 400 years in R&D experience in microphones and headphones. So that's how it came together. And that's who we are. That's our heritage. But I, I think it's also important to understand that bringing such an experienced team away from a corporate environment and putting them into a startup environment where everything is allowed, uh, where uh, return on uh, shares is not the key factor that drives us a passion for really, really good microphones and headphones that changed also the team and what was doable and was possible. A lot of things that probably should have done, should have been done uh, years and years before just came to life now over the last three years. And, and there's lots more in the roadmap in our heads, in our ideas. So the last time we spoke was just about the time when Austrian audio was starting. It was within the, the first year. It was within the first weeks, to be honest. Oh, was yeah. it really? Is that early? The interesting part is there was no products at the time, but now you do have products. Actually, well, why don't you catch us up as what happened in those three years? Yeah, I'm more than happy to do so. Well, what happened? Um, we, we really started off with a mission, and the mission was, you know... Um, that there is uh, analog audio out there. A microphone is always an analog uh, product uh, that has to, in some way or the other, catch analog uh, waves and, and make them whatever, make them digital, make them electric um, um, power, but make them uh, catching natural uh, sound. Uh, and on the other hand, you had the, the headphone. This, again, turns whatever signal into an analog audio signal again. So our expertise is acoustics. Our expertise is acoustics and audio. And, and we focused from the beginning uh, on creating the better acoustic. Um, for example, we didn't start off with uh, creating a product. We started off with creating a new capsule. Uh, the capsule for us, the heart of the microphone. And, you know, there are so many products out there and that's why probably nobody has waited for another company uh, buying a capsule from the known uh, markets uh, and then build a, a microphone around that and then use a lot of DSP probably and electronics to make it even sound somehow. Our way was, because that's for me, that's a bit the approach of fix it in the mix. For us, it was, um, let's not fix it in the mix, let's start with a brilliant signal. So what was the heritage of this company? What was the CK12 capsule when it was, you know, first designed in the late 50s, early 60s of the last century? And there was this heritage sound, this smooth height that never got harsh, this, this very, very symptomatic sound Austria-Vienna microphones were famous for. 
this has changed over the years, over the generations, when these brass capsules turned into plastic capsules and all the rest. So we thought, okay, there must be a way to regain that sound, but with losing all the disadvantages of A, being in plastic capsules with not enough weight to support low-end uh, reproduction, but also without uh, having some of the disadvantages of brass, you know, the changes over time, uh, corrodes, um, is a, a electric leader. So if, if moisture comes into play, uh, you bring them from the truck to the studio, you have always these, these sizzling noises and from the vintage microphones, as you well know them, Bobby, right? Yeah. So we started experimenting with completely new material, and that's why we are now on the market with a CKR-12 capsules that are um, made out of ceramic. Uh, ceramic is a very heavy material. It is uh, as heavy as brass, but it is an isolator by itself. Uh, ceramic gets used in, in high voltage uh, uh, lines uh, in electric, and uh, hence we have a great isolator with no need to further isolate the front and the rear capsule from each other uh, due to electric uh, problems. Uh, then uh, it has the same density, the same weight as an old brass capsule. So it's very heavy. If you lift one of these capsules, I could even, I mean, this is a block, but, uh, you know, of course I, I could show you these beauties. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And they are really heavy. And uh, this is uh, the CKR12 capsule that we got reputation for over the last three years in the whole world as them sounding as the originals. And, and that was really great when uh, the 84-year-old uh, Conrad Wolf, who was the original designer of the CK12, visited us in the, in, the, in the company here in the factory, and he listened to it, and he was extremely uh, happy with what we done, gave us some hints in the final stage of, 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 of making them perfect. And um, so for a year, we didn't have anything to sell, not even a product started, but we took a year to design a new capsule. That's how it started. And then we said, okay, now we have the acoustic. Now we have the right to build new microphones with these. This was a dual capsule, so a dual uh, from the rear capsule, but we also created single ones. And then we started to create our first product, which is the OC818, which is a, a large condenser a dual capsule microphone. And then another mission of ours came into play where we said, look, we all understand our industry, you know, consists of a lot of seasoned, well-experienced sound engineers, people like myself, like yourself. Uh, but there are a huge amount of young people who probably don't know what is the historic capsule of, of, of AKG or Neumann or middle connected or side connected or CK12. But they are interested in a modern digital workflow. Now, if you only talk about digital in a, in a recording microphone, you need to be very careful because uh, it's very, very easy that you get uh, uh, into that position that the digital in an analog microphone always is a toy. Now, uh, our microphone is a fully analog microphone. Um, and it sounds great by itself. That's why we didn't start off like we want to be an emulation system or anything like that. We created this capsule really to sound 
really brilliant by itself. But if you give more options to the user, he can do whatever he wants. So we gave the microphone a second output at the rear. So now you can record both capsules in the perfect car jet mode. And then in the post-production, you can decide if the after the event, you can decide, was this uh, a figure of eight? Was it a, a car jet? Was it a omnidirectional mic? Mm-hmm. Uh, playing afterwards. And then we went one step further. We created... Uh, um, a Bluetooth remote control dongle, which you can connect to the large, to really pure analog microphone. And now you can remote control the microphone from your Bluetooth device, your mobile phone, your tablet. And you can uh, now not only as usual in steps, figure of eight, cardiac, hypercardiac, omni. Now with the app, you can control in 255 steps, anything between an eight and an omni. Wow. You can create your own pattern. The width of the, mm-hmm. of the cardiac, you can create whatever you feel fit for the use of your production. So this basically took a very, very old tradition where you have old valve microphones with huge metal breakout boxes to remote control them, right? Yeah. And we took that basically to the device everyone carries with him, uh, so his mobile phone. And now you can remote control your high-profile recording mic from your mobile, you can sit at the desk in your recording studio, have uh, you know the musician or the singer in there, and what happened in the past, you know, you didn't know how this voice probably sounds with that microphone in your room, and you recorded, then you went into the into the recording room, changed the pattern, and said, "Look, let's try something different." Yeah. Now you don't, you don't interrupt this creative process. You let the musicians play. And you change from your desk and play around. How does this voice fit into a cardiac? Or probably you need to go a little bit more direct with a hypercardiac. And now you can do that without interrupting the creative process at all. And then you record. Uh, so, you know, all this workflow was for us uh, break down the walls between old and new. Yeah. Don't yeah. invent new technologies all the time, but bring technologies together to work together and create something new with it. Let me ask you a question. What are people mostly using the OC818 for? I haven't heard it yet. I can't wait, actually. I've, I've been looking for an opportunity, and it hasn't arisen yet. But I'm just curious. What do you find the main applications for it to be? Look, the 818 is a, is a, is a classical surrounder. Uh, sorry, a classical uh, um, multipurpose uh, microphone it fits extremely well with uh, some uh, female voices. It fits extremely well with classical instruments. For example, I don't know if you guess you've heard about the Vienna Symphonic Orchestra yeah. that broadcasts every year on the 1st of January, the New Year's concert from the Golden Hall in Vienna. Yes. Well, uh, last January, uh, five of our microphones were on stage there. So we, we were used on the harp, for example. They used it on the jelly, cellos, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and they used it on uh, two horns. So you see it's a pretty, pretty multi-purpose there. Um, we've been on the, in January, uh, there was the Grammy show. Ten of our microphones were on the Grammy stage. They used them mainly for percussions, drums, overheads. I'd say it's a great instrumental mic uh, for you know, in a stereo pair for pianos 
and for, for acoustic instruments. But again, a lot of people are using it for voices. Um, you need to try if it fits the voice, I guess. Well, it's with any microphone, yeah. I can't help but see the resemblance to the 414. No, it's the 818. I know it is, but <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, we don't hide our we don't hide our heritage, definitely not. Yeah, but just in terms of I always felt that the 414 whatever version was a general purpose high-end general purpose microphone that did work on it just about anything you wanted. You could make it work on just about anything. And given the vintage of it, it would work better on some things than others, but I get the feeling that this is much the same. This is just going to fit in most places, especially if it's a neutral-sounding microphone. I wouldn't disagree. Uh, it is um, a lot into this direction. Of course, we wouldn't have built it if we wouldn't think that we could have improved it, and we did. Uh, especially with the patented uh, ceramic capsule. Uh, A, it really prevents you from issues that the original vintage capsule had. And frankly, uh, it just really sounds superior to what you could buy over the last 10 years in, in, the, in the plastic capsule category. So yes, we made a step sound-wise. We made a step towards the older versions of the CK12 capsule. And this was intentionally, it was on purpose. And, um, and of course, from the usability of the microphone, you know, all these extra features like the second output, like the remote control, even we, we created a Polar Designer, which is a... Is a um, oh, the app. No, no, not the app. The app is for the phone for the remote control, but the Polar Designer... It's really a plugin that works with, uh, you know, Pro Tools or with, with any other uh, DAW. And there we went one step further, and you really should play with that. And you can download that uh, plugin for free from our webpage. So it's open source freeware. Um, but of course, it, it works best if you use uh, 818 microphone, if you have recorded both capsules. Yeah. Because what we created there together with the university here in Graz, a very famous uh, audio engineering university, is that we created a completely phase linear plugin where you can now not only in the mix down mix the two capsules to each other and create whatever pattern you want, but we split the frequency band into five segments, which you can uh, choose to a certain extent, right? Mm -hmm. Five segments. And then you can make the recorded microphone in the lows and low mids, for example, a white cardiac, but in the height, you can make it a hypercardiac. Wow. In the, in the high end, you can make it omni. Yeah, yeah, wow. That sounds weird, but if you play with that, it makes a lot of sense. You can, for example, uh, if you have room modes, which you want to exclude, you go very direct in that frequency band, but the rest you leave very wide open and use the room and the, and the resonance of your nice room. Yeah. Vice versa, you can, uh, you know, um, record a snare drum where you have a lot of hi-hat spill in there. And then you don't just EQ the, the frequency throughout your microphones, but you, you just basically imagine like a little bit beam steering. You only in the in the area and the high mid where the where the 
hi-hat sits, you narrow the, the pattern to a, to a hypercardiate, for example, and leave the rest of the frequencies open so that your snare doesn't lose any body or anything you want to have. Yeah. So that's a very sophisticated plugin that comes uh, for free with the OC818. Uh, and that gives a lot of creativity to, you know, a modern uh, sound engineer that wants to play around with, with rooms, with voices, with tunings. Uh, and you can, of course, store all of that. So you can basically keep a, a setting for later use or recall. That being said, there are many engineers that get a multi-pattern microphone, set it on cardioid, and it never changes after that. So I noticed that you came up with the cardioid version of that, the OC18. The OC18, yeah. Basically, that's and that's another feature I would I would love to mention, of course. Uh, I think what makes these capsules so different is that we built them to so narrow limits that each of our microphones comes in a sensitivity plus minus half a dB. Basically, any matched pair you can you can order, right? Yeah. But our philosophy was, if you want to buy a microphone today of Austrian Audio, and in a year from now you buy another one, they still are a matched pair. That's what the, the, the really good acoustic companies like the Finnish loudspeaker guys, they are able to do that. And we, we said, you know, we want to be as good as them. We want to do the same. And, and uh, it's the same with a single uh, capsule, so the OC18, uh, which is only carded, but all the rest is the same as the 818. So the same sensitivity, same uh, signature uh, sound of the capsule frequency response. So if you put an 818 on carded and you use an OC18 next to it, you could even stereo match those two. Wow. That's impressive. So if you want to, or if you are one of those guys who most of the time needs a cardiot anyway, uh, you will be very happy with the, with the 18 and you save 300 bucks. Yeah, frankly, I see the value in the 818 in the fact that you can set it to hypercardioid. That to me would be worth the extra money just to be able to do that. And also the, the fact that, you know, with the various plugins and everything, you can take it another step. So it seems well worth the extra money. It's not that expensive to go and get a lot more. No, I think, you know, it was another target of ours, but we wanted to fair price our products in the market. I mean, bear in mind, we, from everything, you know, we, we are building these capsules here in Vienna. We are building the microphones here in Vienna. They are handcrafted piece by piece. Uh, so I think that the pricing is pretty fair, which we started in the market with. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a little piece of acoustic art, uh, boutique manufactured in Vienna. Tell me about the headphones. Because, again, does the world need another headphone? Uh, well, I, I, you know, I totally can sign into that and, and probably not. Uh, probably the world doesn't need another headphone. And unfortunately, we are not really into, into a, a video block here, but uh, I will show you something and you can probably make your own noises to it. You know, um, these little guys here, I tell to, you, to our listeners now that uh, you see them here. This is the over-ear HiX 55, right? So um, on the first glance, it looks like... A, very, very nicely built standard uh, studio headphone. And that's what it is, to be honest, right? You will see, though, that the ear cups are relatively small, right? Mm -hmm. So very compact. So the packing 
size is really small. You can fold them in any way you want to fold them. You can twist them. Uh, but the thing is, to make a product a really roadworthy front of house or studio recording headphone, it can last for a very long time. We build in a lot of features. Like first thing, it is really rocket, right? Wow. You're twisting that in ways that I've never seen headphones twisted without breaking. Exactly. And that's another reason why you need a new headphone, because otherwise, if you do that with any of your existing studio headphones, it falls on the floor, you step on it. Yes, you buy a new one. I understand that it's probably not the end of the world to buy a new set of headphones. Uh, headphones. You know, we want these products to last. We want them to be rugged. And um, so we built them extremely well. There's all metal hinge bars, all metal uh, headbands, all everything on that is basically metal. And still it's pretty lightweight. And secondly, um, as we did with the microphone, we tried, we looked around what kind of speakers are out there. And at the end of the day, we, we designed our own driver uh, because we couldn't find what we wanted to achieve with the sound. So in, in the HiX50 and the HiX55, there is a completely new design driver in there, which we designed more in a way of a loudspeaker driver than of a headphone driver. Mm. So it's ring magnet, has a lot of magnet mass out there. It makes it a little bit more expensive though, but uh, because it's rare earth, which you have to build into uh, the neodym. But on the other hand, we gave it a, in the construction, we gave it a double excursion. So we made these drivers extremely high excursion. That's why high X, high X 55, high X 50, uh, because we are not going that route of making the drivers larger and larger. You know, these days marketing tells you about 50 millimeter drivers, 54 millimeter drivers to move more air. The issue with those drivers though, is that they become very slow. Uh, so with the reproduction of the low end, they become loud, but not very precise. And we wanted to go low, but we wanted to go fast with the driver and precise. That's why we kept it at 42 millimeter, but we uh, extended the excursion to almost double what a standard driver has. That way we play down to 5 hertz and we play up to 28 kilohertz and still only have the size of 42 driver which makes also the compact uh, packing uh, of, of, the, of the headphones as well. So you see, we spend a lot of additional thoughts, even in a standard product like a headphone. A, it needs to be rugged. B, it needs to be extremely comfortable. And, you know, we have spent in material all the money with the low retention foam, with uh, all the metal hinge and all the metal building. So it's very rugged. You can wear these for six or eight hours without getting a headache. But on the sound, we didn't compromise. We wanted to be extraordinary to the sound. And, and we went that extra mile to design a new acoustics in there. That's impressive. I'd like to hear them. When we last talked, you mentioned that a lot of the startup energy was going into R&D for other companies. And I see, uh, looking at your website, that that's a big portion of what you're offering as well. Or at least it seems that way. Is that the case? I mean, Bobby, you know, it's, this world is a business and uh, of course we needed to survive. Uh, I told you we are 43 people now and um, we started off two years plus a month with only 
designing stuff without having a single piece to sell. Yeah. So that's pretty, uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big task. So um, what we decided, and it was always the plan, is that we also sell our experience uh, to third parties in R&D services, and we still do that. And you probably recognize that I only introduced to you professional audio gear. So recording microphones, recording headphones, you'll see stage microphones to follow very soon. You'll see uh, some high-end uh, headphones and some other special pro-orientated uh, audio stuff coming to the market under the brand name of Austrian Audio. What we don't do, even though we have the experience in-house, uh, we are not launching uh, so-called consumer lifestyle products. It's, it's a very simple mathematics, to be honest. I mean, we are capable of making really good lifestyle products, but frankly, I don't have the marketing millions right now to go against the, the very large consumer brands. And you name them Japanese or or uh, American brands, which uh, have probably my, my annual sales budget as a daily marketing uh, expense, right? And, and, and that's something we, we are not doing right now. We are not doing lifestyle products. So we decided our experience in lifestyle products, we more or less uh, give uh, to third parties and in an in a R&D service, while all our pro knowledge goes into the Austrian audio brand product. It makes sense. I also noticed something that I didn't realize, but it makes sense as well. The um, Anacoke Chamber that you have, and apparently there's some history there. <laughs> yeah, I was very generous, Bobby, because when, uh, and I'm not mentioning the name anymore, you may excuse, but as a, a very, very famous large audio company decided to close down in Austria, there was a poor, poor landlord sitting in a big building and he wanted to rent that building to a new customer. But there was this huge, strange uh, room with this large retention uh, audio absorbers, a so-called anechoic chamber. And he would have to dissemble that at his own costs. And so I offered very generously uh, to do that for him uh, and bought from the landlord the old... Uh, original AKG and a quick chamber and we dismounted it there and we brought it to our new building and we set it up again so improved it even slightly uh, by the measurements so so we can measure down to 20 hertz uh, in our anechoic chamber how long did it take to do that well we did that really during the first three full months of our existence because you you need that to to uh, develop the stuff and to test it and to measure it so it took us approximately, not, not that bad, it took us about two weeks to dissemble it. And then, of course, we had to resize a little bit and to add some stuff and to redesign it. So it took us about six weeks to build it up again. Interesting. How has business been during COVID? I think it's the same with, with most of the companies in the pro-audio business. You know, um, we are not set up, unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever you want to say. We are not the company providing very low-cost home recording stuff at this point. You know, I'm not saying never. I mean, I'm sure that if we have uh, 
created our whole portfolio in the quality high range. We might think of making that technology in a, in a reduced feature set available at a lower cost price. That's what you do and that's normal. But uh, at this point, we are in the high quality and a higher price range. So we are not really providing home recording stuff. This is the stuff that still sells a lot these days because all the musicians are locked down at home yeah. and want to do something. Um, so we have seen business going substantially down over the last eight weeks. Yeah. Um, because as you said before, uh, especially the 818 and the OC18, they are multi-purpose microphones. We sold a lot into the live market. So, uh, you know, we, we had it on tour with uh, the Australian Pink Floyd as overheads and guitar amp mics. It was uh, on tour with Michael B. Blade. It was on tour with uh, Sting. And so this whole market stalled completely. Um, I'm sure you have talked to some rental companies, uh, you know, in your personal daily life. And these guys are not very happy, as you can imagine. And there is uh, no investment at all at this point uh, into the live market, obviously. And, and, and really nobody really knows when it will uh, resume. I don't know. We hope that 2020 still sees some live concerts, but we don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, of course, not happy about the situation, but we're hanging in there. In that respect, our you know B2B market is of course uh, helpful as well. Yeah, uh, because you know home market always music at home is always uh, a good uh, feature when you're locked down. So um, we have to recover a little bit, and I hope this will happen in the last quarter. I don't believe in the next quarter still, but uh, we are working very hard and very intensively on bringing new products to the market. So you will see us being ready and coming out uh, when this whole thing loses up uh, with a lot of new products going into 2021. What can you talk about? What can I talk about? I definitely can talk about uh, a range of, of live microphones like uh, handhelds, uh, like instrumental mics, both in the dynamic and the condenser world. Can't give you that many details other than OC818 and OC18 stands for open condenser, so open acoustic technology. And there is a good reason for that. We try to create the best free field acoustics in all of our microphones so, so that you have as, as much space around the capsule as possible with no reflections. And that's what we will focus also in our lifelines, so stage mics. And then you will see uh, more let's say, high-quality and feature-rich uh, headphones dedicated to the pro market. Does, when you say live performance microphones, does that include like a handheld microphone for vocalists? Yeah. One thing I know is, you know, the SM58 still reigns supreme in that market, but every sound engineer I talk to is constantly on the lookout for something new, for something to replace it. And no one's found it quite yet. There's alternatives, but there's not alternatives, I think, that are long-term. Well, I'm, I have to be careful with my reply now. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little bit the laziness of all of us sound engineers, right? Yeah. 
Uh, I think there is a lot of alternatives there. And even sure with the SM58 have worked on and brought to markets very nice alternatives to it. Yeah. Uh, but it's just so easy, you know. We all know. I mean, did you know that the the microphone first came to market in in 1963, right? I did. Yes. So, um, and 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 other interesting competitive advantage of this microphone was at those days it was really the best you could buy. It was second to none, and and a lot of loudspeaker manufacturers used it as their test microphone and calibrated their speaker system towards that bloody microphone. <laughs> I had no idea. Wow. So you, had, you, so you had no chance with any other microphone to succeed, right? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, I think there are a lot of nice alternatives out there, but we all know exactly what to do. If you plug in in a 58, A, you can hammer some nails into the wood with <laughs> it. It's rock solid. It's a great construction. You know, it's simple. Uh, you know exactly uh, in the in the mid range where you have to pull out some frequencies that it sounds kind of acceptable, and that's why it's still selling. It's good value for money, and you know these guys know their job. They are they are doing great stuff, and as I said, they have tried themselves to replace the old SM58 several times with not too much success. They are. I'd say six or seven microphones out there, which are the same price range, equally good, or you may argue better. This is also a matter of taste. Sure. And there are a lot of more expensive and much better dynamic microphones in the market. Um, all I can tell you is we at Austrian Audi will not compete, at least not right now, uh, on this $99 micro um, microphone market. This is not what we are targeting. Again, we are working on uh, superior acoustics. We are working on making them here in Vienna, and we are trying to establish a new quality in a handheld dynamic and in a handheld condenser microphone. And this will not be at, uh, at that price range. We are the instrument for the singer. And we all know that you know you can buy a training saxophone or you can buy a Selma, and uh, <sighs> we will try to make a really nice tool and instrument for a vocalist. We will try to make a very cool tool for uh, instrumental mics, right? Yeah. And that's also easy to set up for the sound engineer. So, yeah, a lot of things uh, are ahead of us in that direction. You can find out more about Martin and Austrian Audio and all their great products at austrianaudio.com. That's austrianaudio, all one word, dot com. Thanks for listening and being in my inner circle. Remember, if you have any questions or comments, you can send them to questions at bobbyoinnercircle.com. To listen to other episodes of Bobby Osinski's Inner Circle, go to bobbyosinski.com and select the podcast tab, or go to bobbyoinnercircle.com. Or you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Mixcloud, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, TuneIn Radio, Radio Public, and Podbean. At BobbyOsinski.com and BobbyOwnerCircle.com, you'll also find a sign-in form for my newsletter and for alerts for new podcasts. This is Bobby Osinski. I will see you next time. Bye.